the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm in the studio with Ace Wadatupar, who is our financial expert, who can answer any of your finance questions, and our legal eagle, Jerry Feeney who is here to answer any of your legal questions. And I think or any myself questions for or any que- And I think all of us have been around it so much that we really kind of have a pretty good general understanding. But I will tell you this. I always go to the experts that are specific in the field. Yep. Okay? Yeah. And I advise you to do that also. And so, you know, when you're looking for an attorney – I stress you use a real estate attorney, not your brother-in-law who might be an attorney in the corporate world. And when you're looking for financial advice, you know, it's nice to listen to friends, but their circumstances might have been different. Go talk to Ace. And if Ace Ace or one of his great team at Citizens Bank will help you out. And if you need any real estate advice, which plenty of people call me, either email me or myself. Uh, and I send you to some of the be- we have some, the best, most knowledgeable agents, and we do a tremendous amount of. And Jerry and Ace can vouch for that. Really, ongoing education for all of the agents that oh, work it's tremendous. so yeah. that they're they're on top of everything. That's why uh, other companies, you know, seek your agents because you're so they're so well trained. You know, they know that the training program is terrific. Definitely. Yes. You know, just like if you have a doctor, you don't want a doctor that the last course they went to was uh, in medical school. Nineteen ninety four. Okay, or something like I mean thirty years ago. You want them to have kept up with their profession. Yes. Okay. So after the break, okay, eight six six nine seven oh nine six two two and I'm kinda sad, although I'll forgive you if you're celebrating St. Patty's Day. Haven't had too many calls or we had a few emails. But the the it's called the basically the dilemma of down payments because millennials do want to buy, uh, and they now re- represent. I think I've told you on many shows that the millennials represent the largest group of home buyers today at thirty five percent, outpacing both the boomers, which have thirty one percent of the population, and Generation X, which sorry Generation X only twenty six. That's according to the National Association of Realtors, their data, which is correct. The biggest expense for potential home buyers is the down payment. It's also the biggest challenge for millennials home buyers, with 46% 
of millennials renting, saying that they would love to buy a home. They don't want to rent. They want to buy. They want to purchase if they had enough money saved. Ace, do you find that? Yeah, I mean, they they really want to buy, Dottie. You know, and and I think now they're they're looking at different vehicles to save, and you know, hopefully we'll we'll discuss some of these options. Okay, so we're going to talk talk you know some different opinions, and again, these are different things, and not everything works for everyone. But there's a lot of ways to look at things. Okay, so out of three thousand consumers that were polled. of the millennials responded to the question, what's stopping you from buying a house? And their answer was, well, I haven't saved enough money for a down payment. And you know what? If you do an independent poll yourself, that's what you're going to find. You're not going to find so many people say, oh, I just want to rent for the rest of my life. It's that they haven't saved. Mm -hmm. They might not be ready yet, but ultimately they want to own. But there's a problem, okay? Millennials have been in somewhat slightly misled. And Asia are millennials, so mm-hmm. just correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Saving is great. And we were all taught to save money. I mean, I don't know that we did, but we were taught that. I mean, my <clears> father would always say, I don't even think he had a charge card. So, you know, they save would save, save, day. save. Yes. And I would say, spend, 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 spend. <laughs> and he would say, save, save, save. Okay, I said, spend is your friend. (laughs) Spend is your friend. (laughs) I like that. But savings really is a good thing. But saving up so much for a down payment is both unnecessary and likely the single most expensive money mistake a millennial could make. Now, hold off before somebody criticizes me. When you put money down on a house, and Ace, please work chirping on this and Jerry when you put money down on a house you convert your money okay so let's say I'm putting $75,000 on a house I am taking my money from a liquid asset which means I have $75,000 I maybe should use a small number should I use 50 let's just use 50 I have $50,000 that's liquid meaning I can do whatever I want with it okay Um, usually it's like a cash or stock to an illiquid one a home. So once you put the down payment down, whether it's fifty thousand, seventy five, twenty five, whatever it is, that money that you put into the home now is no longer liquid. Correct. Yeah. Now we can go down the road when we well we're really gonna talk about this, but you have to kind of pay attention. So I know when people are listening to the radio sometimes your attention span might be less or more. So I give a little doses at a time, but you can take equity loans down the road, but let's say that it's illiquid for this, this exercise. Liquid assets can be accessed when emergencies happen, but they, like you can, but you, you know, like home equity, but basically you've moved it to an illiquid place, right? Whereas if you had it in the bank, even though it collects nothing. Now there is an argument, Ace. And Jerry, yeah. do you hear a lot that millennials and even people that are not millennials think that you, if you don't have between 10 to 20% saved up, you can't afford a home? Do we hear that? Yes, I hear that. Absolutely. Do you we, hear that, Ace? <clears throat> yes. There's there's a stigma that you know a lot of people tend to, to believe that 
you you need at least ten to twenty percent. But you know, if you look at different programs such as FHA or Fannie, you know, Fannie has a product where you can put five percent down. So there are a lot of programs for folks out there to put less than ten to twenty percent. Right now, the argument again, you have to qualify. You have to qualify. So. Could you put 5% down if you make $2.50? I don't think so. So remember, everything is on qualifying. But like, let's say you're faced with putting more money down or less money, okay? You have to really talk to someone like Ace or his team, and you need to kind of say, okay, let's look at what's important to this. And now they say the argument about putting 20% is flawed Due to the simple fact, now listen to this, that lenders don't foreclose due to a down payment. Meaning, Jerry, you put $100,000 down on a house. Mm-hmm. I put $10,000 down on, on a house. The lender really, at that point, doesn't care. Uh, they foreclose on me. They'll foreclose on you with $100,000 down. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. At absolutely. the same, quicker than me, the if you don't pay. The decision is completely unrelated to it's the homeowner's payment. equity in the property. Okay. Right. It's so entirely related to Would you to explain their, that again, guys? Well, you know, you could have <clears throat> tremendous equity in the, pro, uh, in, the, in the home. You could have a home worth a million dollars and you owe 200000 on it. But if you aren't current on your mortgage payments and you go into default, they will start a foreclosure yeah. proceeding. And now- and, yeah. You, you may ask, well, why do I let it go to foreclosure if I'm you have that much equity? And that's a good you know that's a good question because really that person, if they can't afford it, should sell it and pay off the bank and then take the equity out of the house. But it, it just doesn't affect the bank's decision mm-hmm. how much equity they have. Right. So, in other words, you don't want to cut yourself to the point where you have no stash money or extra or what they call emergency funds. Mm-hmm. Having access to cash is the surest way to keep from losing your home. Because you won't be foreclosing if you have cash. Right. You'll and be able fact, to pay the payments. Know, All right, now that sounds simple, but when you're choosing to make a decision on how much money you should put down, should I put a little less down? Should I put a little bit more down? Um, you need to sit with someone like Ace and really analyze mm-hmm. you know, where you are in life, what age you are. Maybe you're planning to have a family. Maybe you know, one party might have to stay home. You know, maybe somebody is uh, a parent's going to move in. You don't. You kind of got to look at that, and you always want to have, if you can, an emergency fund. Well, the other, th- you know, the other thing, Dottie, is if you wait uh, an extra year to save more money for the down payment, you could have a situation where now your interest rates are higher, higher. and you're kind of chasing that dream because now it's a little harder to qualify it, because. Yeah. You know the the ratios are out of whack. So, or I can tell you what happened to me. I mean, and I still really want to kill myself. I had just moved into the city to run Douglas Elements, so I found this apartment. It was a rental, and it was mm-hmm. like so, so much money. But the woman didn't live in the country, and she was selling it. So I didn't really want to move into something that was being sold. But it was a great apartment. It was on Central Park South, and I said to her, "Listen, I am so clean. I'm like a neat freak." Okay, I said I will, and I will show your property. And you know, you can't count, you can't count on renters always showing the property. And I will make sure it's always perfect. P.S. She gave me the apartment for nothing. She really didn't need the money, and I took care of the apartment and I showed it, which nobody ever came to see it. And I thought, my God! And they kept on dropping the price because she didn't even live in this country. I forgot where she lived, mm-hmm. and I kept on saying, "This has great views of Central Park." Okay, 
It's 1,500 square feet. It has the most magnificent views. It was on the 40th floor. It was under a million dollars. And the people would tell me, why do you want to buy there? You shouldn't buy there. It's You don't want to live on Central Park South. <laughs> because Central Park South, 20 years ago, well, it wasn't even 20. It was 15 years ago, mm-hmm. wasn't considered a neighborhood. It was considered tourists. Mm-hmm. It is very much a neighborhood now. And, of course, I don't buy the house. I don't buy the apartment, which was – and I knew to buy it. I knew to buy it. But I listened to someone, and I listened to a lot of people, and – I, my gut told me to buy it, and at least, even if I was wrong, at least I would have made my own mistake, not, not a mistake. The next year, that apartment sold for $2.5 million, and now it's probably worth, I would want to guess, about $15 million. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And then I couldn't buy anything because I was always comparing. So, uh, you, know, do, you know, get yourself educated, and although your friends are always trying to help you, mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't really have the right information either. Now, can you use a personal loan for money, Ace? Somebody no. wanted to ask that. They said, ask Ace, can we use a personal loan? If you take out a personal loan, then it's going to be considered debt, right? And you know, the ability to repay your loan is subject to the bank really analyzing you know, how much debt you have. So taking out a personal loan will incur additional debt. So. We would tend to to like it if someone could get a gift where they don't have to pay that back. So, and the reason that the bank won't take a personal loan is they are unsecured, unsecured debt, debt, and there's no collateral for the bank to collect should you default. So, if you don't pay the personal, if you there's the the bank can't go after mm-hmm. anything. So, uh, and by the way, I I might have told you or not. I, no, I didn't tell you. You can actually, and Ace, how often, I mean, I think it's less often than more often, but you could qualify from 3% to 20. Yeah, you can. Now, let me tell you something. If I, I, I should have done this. I knew to do this. I have not done it, and I'm saying I'm going to do it, so I don't know what I'll do it. But if you really want to make money, go get a two-family home or three-family home through the FHA, Federal Home Administrative Administration, they will finance two and three home investment properties. Now, this is, and truthfully, what is the interest rates? Oh, it's it's just as low as um, you know a regular mortgage. So it's you do not, a four family too, right? Yeah, four you family too. Yeah, yeah, it's low. It's low, and you, and and your credit could be. It does. It can't be horrible, but it doesn't have to be quite as perfect. Well, they're a lot more lenient on your credit score as well, Dottie. So, you know, you can have a credit score of 620, 640, and, and you'll see. And the FHA and the take less down payment, right? I they mean, do. well, the banks will. Let, let me ask you a question. And again, you don't have a specific number. But when they say 3%, that's a small amount of money. Do most banks really take that? Well, it, it needs to be insured, right? So anything that's in between PMI. 3.5%, exactly. Okay, so, so PMI is insurance, as, meaning as, the bank correct. is taking less than the 20%, the 20% or the 10%. And they have an insurance company that will, that will underwrite. So you're paying a little bit more on your mm-hmm. mortgage payments, but here's the deal. You're going to pay a little mortgage on more on your mortgage payments until you reach correct. The, 20%. the 20%. But you then have cash. It allows you to get in the game. Right, so right, and you can get into the game, mm-hmm. and you know what? My first house, I told you, you would lean the kitchen chair back and you'd hit into the refrigerator. That's how tiny it was. I've never seen a tinier house. 
but I got into the game. I think the key to you know to anything in life, right, is you know having that ability to get in the game. Because once you get in the game, then everything else changes. You know, so I I definitely recommend anyone that's looking to buy an investment property or even a primary. The numbers just have to make sense. So when we talk about down payment, it's really about your payments, right? So you have to really look at your overall overall income. And make sure that your mortgage payment doesn't exceed twenty five percent. You know that's twenty five percent. It's really a conservative number. And you got to be you know, honest you with yourself. Like you say, okay, we're not. Gonna, we are going to sacrifice, and yeah. we are not going to go out. We are not going to have dinner exactly. out. We are going <clears> to. <throat> now that, that sounds live, great right? <laughs> if it's, you it's really you are live. going to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. You know, some people it might be easy, but for a lot of people that could be difficult. Some people overextend themselves, Donnie, and you, and you look at their debt to income, and it's really debt to income stands for really you comparing your income to your mortgage payments, and some of them are at fifty percent, and they're, and they're overextending themselves, and that's when you get into trouble, right? So. Now, if you put less down payments, does that mean your interest rate's going to be higher? No, not no. necessarily. Okay, so that doesn't mean that. Your interest rate is going to be higher. And if you can get away with putting less, your mortgage payments are really not going to be that much more. And you will have some extra money. Because when you own a home, I can assure you, always, there's always something that goes wrong. Jerry, can you assure them that? Always. Age, I don't care no what you buy. What. It can be brand new. Yeah. yeah. Um, you the, need to the set day, aside some money. <laughs> the day after I closed, we had a leak in the house. I mean, it yeah. just... Yeah. It's I, part of home I had a, a new house, and the uh, the deck collapsed. The deck on so it, was, it had like a deck off the bedroom, and that mm-hmm. there was a rainstorm or snow, and it collapsed, and it broke the, into the ceiling yeah. and mm-hmm. wrecked the den, and it, it was just a mess. Okay, now how do you obtain a down payment for a mortgage? Well, you can't take out a personal note. You can't take out a personal loan, so know that. But you can, there's some other ways you can do. A great way to make sure you stick to the plan is to save. When you're saving up for a down payment on a home, you should do that, save. So, like, you have to sit with whoever you're buying this home with, and you have to look at what you spend, and don't be overly aggressive if you don't think you can do it, but start and say, okay, we're gonna, we, we, we average going out for dinner three times a week, we're gonna do it two times a week. You have to really, really have a plan. I think I just did an article. I think Ace helped me with it. Thank you, Ace. No problem. Um, for Reader's Digest on on how to save money for a down payment. And again, you have to, the first thing you have to do, as Ace said, is you've got to look at what you spend yeah. and see where you can make changes. I think, Dottie, the best advice that somebody um, first gave me when I started working, I worked at Citigroup and um, you know I worked with a financial planner and he told me, Ace, just invest in 401k. I know when you're starting off, it's hard to save. You know, you're young, you're spending money, you know, and I would advise all of our young listeners out there, if you're starting in, in, I guess, in the working industry, set aside money from your paycheck that goes directly to your 401k so that you don't even really see the money. It just goes directly to the 401k. I did that when I worked for And if for the Maryland. company matches, Dottie, it's an unbelievable, it's like yeah. almost like free money, right? Yeah, we so, do that at Element, but I worked for Merrill Lynch yeah. when I was in my 20s, and I could not afford. I think you could give ten percent of your income. I couldn't even afford to do ten. I did five. Yeah, but like something. it just came out of my paycheck, so I never saw it. I didn't make a lot of money, so it, I didn't even notice it. And you know, over the years, it, it, it accumulates. It was the best advice. Yeah. Okay. 
So you should document any sale that amounts to 50% or more of your regular monthly income. Okay? So you... Now, gifts from family. I, I think they're going to give us a commercial again. But so we're going to talk about what about gifts from family? Can you get a gift from your family if your mom and dad want to give you for the bank of mom and dad, or you have a grandma or an uncle? Uh, we're going to tell you the rules of that. I think that you should be able to document, but that money, Ace will tell you, you have to have that money in your account already. You can't fill out an application. You don't have that money. And then all of a sudden, somewhere it appears after the application, right? I mean, don't you have to have that? Um, you can have it after the application, but it needs to be sourced. So, and, and we could talk about that. Could we tell people? I mean, the, the parents yeah. have to. You have to say where it's coming yes, from. Yes, They just want to know that exactly. it, it came from the bank of mom and dad. Yes. Not that it and came from, from a else. robbery or something exactly. that you, uh, you know. So, you you can have a gift, but as Ace said, it has to be sourced. You have to say. Who it's come from. Yes. Well, I think we have the music again. I think we'll be back. We'll talk about the 401, which Ace just said. If you have a 401, if you're working and you do have a 401, just do it. Just do it. And you, you just do it. You don't realize. My father would jump up and say, look here, will you meet, boy? That's quite enough of that lot. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Okay, so we were talking about if you don't have the money, you can't set for a down payment, you can't take a personal loan, you can get a gift from your family, as Ace said, as long as it's sourced. Yep. If you have a 401k with your company, we advise you to do it. And take money out because uh, you can borrow against your four hundred one k. You can. Even though it's for retirement, you can borrow. You against can use it, it for housing. So yes, you're allowed to. The IRS allows you. You can do it for for borrowing. Um, known in the mortgage industry as an eighty ten ten or a piggyback loan. Do you know what that is? Um, yeah, it's um it's a ten percent <clears throat> down payment with an eighty percent first mortgage and a second mortgage for ten percent. So it's called it. It's called an 80-10-10. Okay, can you explain that? I think a lot of people don't know that. <clears throat> yeah, so um, what clients can do is they can actually leverage off of borrowing on a first mortgage, which is fixed. It's at 80%. And then you can also take an additional home equity line of credit, on, and they, they define it as a second mortgage where the rates are actually variable. And usually, you know, what we'll tell our clients is that, you know, if, by utilizing the 80-10-10, you can pay down the 10% on the home equity line of credit. And that will allow you to have just the first mortgage after you pay it down. But, but you know, it's, again, like you always say, Dottie, it's really up to your, your situation. It's not, right? right? Just, so Just like the FHA loans, they only require 3.5% down. You will pay PMI for the life PMI. of your loan if you put down less than 10%. Correct. Okay? Uh, but that might be worth it if you don't have the down payment because at least you can get in the game and then hopefully you'll have appreciation. And the 80-10-10, you don't have to pay you don't have to pay PMI, right? Because the 10% that you're putting down, you actually have a second. Oh, that's a good point. Exactly. So you have a second mortgage covering that's the other 10%. Okay. So. And of course, if you're a veteran, you you must be a mil- in the military or be a veteran. I mean, th- well, they require no down payment, correct? Yeah. If you have a VA certificate, you can utilize that as a down payment. Now, um, did you ever hear of the good neighbor, Jerry? 
the good, good neighbor, neighbor, neighbor next door loans? Uh, no, I okay. hope nobody knocks on my door asking for no. one. But. Well, I never heard of it either, so here we go. So we learn something every day. There's a, a good neighbor next door, okay? That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And if you are a first responder or a teacher of a student in pre-K or K to 12, okay? So at that elementary and high school, okay? You may want to look into the good neighbor next door program. HUD offers 50%. Now, I'm going to do some homework on this ACE I'm asking you to do because yeah. I, 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 this is news to me. Me too. HUD offers 50% off the list price of homes in certain areas in need of revitalization. Okay, so this is where you're going to buy probably in an area that's not great. That, oh, well, well okay. they did this in Detroit, Dottie. Okay, mm-hmm. but, okay, you must agree to live in the home as your primary residence for a minimum of three years. Mm-hmm. Now, We'll find out more about where this is offered, but this is a way to get into a home, stay there three years, fix it. Yeah. Now they take 50% off the list price and then move out. These are great programs. I, okay, I love and I, like this. Okay, really that great. is a great program. Let's find yeah. out. We're, we're going to find yeah. out where it's offered, if it's offered. I mean, but it's called the Good Neighbor Next Door, okay? When you sign up for this program, you will sign a silent Second mortgage for 50% of the home's value, but it will be forgiven after you've completed the mandatory 36 mm-hmm. months residency. Wow. It's a great way to regentrify neighborhoods, too. So. Really? Yeah. Really yeah. It's a great incentive. Now there's something called SoFi. SoFi issues PMI free mortgages for as little as 10% down in order to qualify for a loan from SoFi. You have to have a solid income, a career tra- that is expected to be prosperous and a good credit history. If you have a credit score under seven, you are un- seven hundred unlikely to qualify. Uh, that's a PMI free mortgage, meaning you're putting less than twenty down, but you're not going to end up paying PMI, PMI. insurance. Yep. Uh, Fannie Mac uh, May, excuse me, Fannie Mae, one of the largest investors in conventional mortgage, runs a program called Home Ready which allows borrowers to get into a home with as little as 3% down, you will still have to follow the rules of PMI, and you will take a class to learn the basics of home ownership. So there's, there's a bunch of things, and what we try to do, they're not good for everything, yeah. but to inform you, because a lot of people really, including myself, have, didn't take advantage of things because I didn't even know about them, and we're all busy in our lives today. So it's hard to know about yeah. everything unless and, you know, I mean, really it is. And so Fanny just came out with this program, Dottie, recently. So um, it's it's a great program, three percent down. Yeah. So I I, I think that uh, you should really really you know well you know I I'm, I'm I'm rushing a lot into a short amount of time, but but I think that you should think about it. Now I told you in the beginning of the show that we would talk a little about should parents. Help the adult children uh, with a down payment. But before I do that, I did have a question since nobody calls that somebody at least, that somebody sends a question, and the question was from Dave, and it came from Instagram, and he said, "What are your thoughts?" And this is for Jerry and Ace and everybody. What are your thoughts on realtors working in a condo co-op building as a doorman? I think it's great. I think you know all of the info, the inside. Um, tips on who's buying, who's selling in the, in the building. It's a, it's a great way to find out information, for sure. What do you think, Sharon? These are realtors who work? No, this is a question. <laughs> I'm assuming, Dave, it came on Instagram. 
Instagram now today. Uh, I'm assuming Dave is a broker or a real estate realtor. He said, what are your thoughts on realtors working in a condo co-op building as a doorman? It's creative. Oh, as a doorman. Okay. Clever. I it's mean, clever. I yeah. don't know many of the brokers that would <laughs> do that because brokers is kind of a full-time job in New York City. But Well, let me put it this way. When you're starting out, all right, really, it is, I'm going to tell you, it's a difficult business. It's like starting a store that has no inventory, like opening a clothing store. And by the way, I have no clothing in this store to sell you. Okay, That's you don't have analogy, past, actually, yeah. you don't have past clients. And so then you're going to be faced with, you send out all of the people that you know, I'm now working for Douglas Sullivan, I'm in the business, blah, blah, blah. And then they see you as a newcomer. Okay, and so they're like, well, we didn't use you because, well, well, first of all, you didn't ask. So I think that maybe it's um, a way to get into the business, learn a building, because once you're the doorman, you're going to know everyone in the building, and either maybe Mm -hmm. work with somebody else, you know, maybe have a partner that you use, because as I think you're saying, Jerry, if you're a doorman all day, it's really hard to, to... to do the business also. Yeah, yeah so maybe if you work with a partner, or maybe you do it, get to know a building very, very well, have that relationship, put off maybe working for real estate, because to come into the real estate business, yeah. you really have to have some income. You know, you know, it's actually yeah. really smart to yeah, be able to. <clears throat> if you're a doorman, you can you have access to the bulletin board, and most folks, you know, they'll say, hey, I'm looking to, they'll, look, they'll check with their, I guess, current residents first, right? So they'll say, hey, I have apartment mm-hmm. so-and-so up for sale. Is anyone interested? And if you're the doorman, you get that access. So, it's so we think Dave is creative. And everybody chats with the doorman. So. We think Dave yeah. is creative. And let me tell you something, Dave. I give you all the credit in the world because... Everyone does the same old, same old, same old. I think you have to think out of the box. Sometimes things work and sometimes things don't. But to not try them, I just, and I think that if you know, it's all about, if you know, relationships are everything. If you know the people in the building, you're going to eventually get their business as long as you ask for it. And of course, if you're a full-time doorman, then you might have to say, well, I have a partner I work with, but I think it's a pretty good idea. I really do. So thanks like for the, the question, thinking. Dave. And yeah. hats off to you for thinking out of the box. Now, going back to should you help your adult children with a down payment? Okay. More than one-third, which is a high number of millennials looking to purchase their first home, say they plan to rely on a gift or a loan from a relative to cover the key portion of their down payment. So if your own kids haven't asked you for a hand, many of them might be considering asking you. Uh, the Modern Home Buyer Survey, uh, which is a company that sells insurance, they did a survey. They say 60% of millennials looking to buy their first homes are not confident they can afford to do so, so they will be asking their parents. Uh, is it a good idea or is it a bad idea? The answer, as usual, comes um, to your own personal finance mm-hmm. uh, and as a personal decision. But here are the guidelines I think that in general you should follow if you're the parents and you're thinking of giving your, of lending your children the down payment or some portion of it. It's a bad idea if you are a middle-income earner 
Okay, this commercial's cutting me off at the wrong time. Okay, if you're a middle-income owner, despite their best intentions, it might be tough to support your child's purchase of a home if it means sacrificing contributions to your retirement. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? So you don't want to do that. If opportunities still exist, contribute to the four, and you can contribute to the 401k or the IRA. Loaning money would mean decreases in these contributions, and it really could hurt how you live retiring and people living longer and a lot more people need to think about how they're going to retire so you got to worry about your retirement first if you have to use your nest egg interest rates on the 401k loans it can be very appealing but some experts say not so fast uh and on Mm -hmm. that note i'm gonna wait till the song is over and finish up on okay when you should and when it's really and it can be a good idea it depends on which But you shouldn't sacrifice your retirement or how you're going to live for that. Okay? Now, it will be a good idea after the break when we come back. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Okay, we were telling you when giving your child a down payment is a good thing and when it's a bad thing. Obviously, it's not a good thing if you have to take away from your uh, 401k uh, because you're really hurting your retirement, especially if you're a middle earner. You're going to need that to retire because it's going to be expensive to retire and people are living a lot longer. Uh, If you are nearing retirement, parents who invest their money instead of giving it to the children could potentially leverage another 10 to 15 years of compounding interest and market returns, so it might not be a good idea. But it is a good idea to lend your children money if it's a good investment. If you So if you're going to lend them money, I would advise you also go see. Now, it makes us have a nightmare as brokers because when the parents come, then you have the kids, you know, the the parents are like, are you kidding? Because they haven't seen prices for like 20 years. Right. They think okay? they're and, But if you plan to lend the money, I would take a look. If you plan to lend the money, instead of gifting it, you can lend it. You may you may reap some financial benefits. But then you have to, Jerry, call up Jerry and have a real agreement. Yep. Many And, and, and this man that mortgage. is a CF, mm-hmm. you know, CFP, he says that many of his clients feel that bonds will likely return very little if any returns for the next decade. So uh, he feels that if you can lend money at a cheaper rate than banks and possibly get a greater return than you could expect in a fixed income portfolio, for the, that's a good way to go for the foreseeable future. So in other words, you would charge less than a bank, but bonds aren't paying much. Mm-hmm. And if you have it as a loan and, you know, uh, then, you know, you'll... Well, I guess they still have a bank, so the bank would be the first mortgage. You'd be the second one, but you might make some good money on, you know, on investment that's fairly safe if you have children that are somewhat responsible. Okay? But the bank has to consent if you put this loan on. You know, the bank needs to agree to this. You can't just, mm-hmm. you know, say it's a gift and then actually make it a loan. It's, if it's a gift, it's got to be a gift. If it's a loan, the bank's got to consent to it. Okay, so if it's a gift, you can give it without the bank's consent. Uh, the bank has still got to prove it, right, Ace? Because they're going to yes. assume if it's not a, a direct relative. Right, but the bank knows, loan. but yeah. the bank isn't going to count that as debt that the children have to pay back Mm-mm. because you right. gifted it. I think what you're saying, and you're right, 
if you gift money, that's like it's free. Like I'm not giving you um, – you don't have to pay me back. It's a gift. So then – but if you're giving a loan to your children, then I think that all has to be documented as a mm-hmm. real loan. And then the yeah. bank looks at it as a debt that they have to pay. So they would have to qualify to be able to pay that yeah. loan. Legally, legally, a gift has to have no expectation no of repayment. Yep. And it has to have no yeah. conditions attached to it. Correct. So, Okay. Um, there was a guy that uh, his name is John, and he's a retired. Uh, from, he's from Washington, and he said he matched what his young, what his kids were. He matched a young couple. They accumulated eight thousand dollars, and he matched them, and he helped them to buy a starter house with a ten percent down payment. And of course, he took an interest rate. He gave his daughter and son-in-law twelve thousand dollars towards a down payment, added to their savings. The couple made a twenty percent down payment, eliminating the need for private mortgage insurance, and got a better interest rate. And should you do a loan? Should you do a gift? Should you gift it? That's where you really have to sit and look at your personal finances. Look at. How you're set up because really you, you can, you, and then look at what you know, what your plans for the future are. Do you have enough money saved up? Now, if you have plenty of money and it doesn't matter, then that's uh, you know, then that's really easy. But some people find themselves in dire straits because they lent their children or they lent a family member. I know someone that lent a family mo- member, a brother, I believe, money to buy a home in North Carolina or something like that, South Carolina, one of those places. And then we went into the recession. There was a million new developments that went bust there. He, the brother, took the loan out for his brother. So when the interest rates, when everybody was refinancing, he couldn't refinance. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he had bad credit. He couldn't get loans. And when, everybody, when the interest rates got low, he could not refinance because he helped his brother out and his name was on the thing. And the house took 10 years to sell. Because yeah. if yeah. you remember the recession, you know, we're out of that, but it was tough. So mm-hmm. you really have to be able to look at the the pros and cons and talk to someone. And again, nothing's always a bad idea. Nothing's always a good idea. Do you have any other ideas when you see parents help out? You know, I always tell people, listen, you're not going to foreclose on your kids. So you have to be able to withstand mm-hmm. a default on this. You have to look at the reality that your kid may not pay you back if it's a loan and can you withstand that financially if it's not a big deal to you financially then help your kids if it's going to impair your way of life in retirement keep the money and use it for your retirement okay but but let me yes i think that's great advice and let me give you a little bit more great advice if you are lending the money to your future you know your son let's say it's your son and his, and and your future daughter-in-law or your daughter-in-law, uh, the divorce rate is well over 55 percent. Yep. So unless you want yep. your daughter-in-law to, or you know, to end up with half of the money if they do get divorced and they sell the property, you need to specify that. I mean, Jerry, how would you do that? You'd have to have papers. Well, you would want uh, a prenuptial agreement signed, perhaps, where the spouse disclaims any rights to this. You, this is really important, Dottie, because the reality is nobody wants to think about. Divorce, particularly on a first marriage, you know, when everybody's getting along. But the reality is if it happens and then all of a sudden now family money is flowing outside of that family, that's not what most people want. So you do have to um, think about that, and that's very, very important good advice. You do have to think about that. 
even after the couple's married when you lend money because if there is a divorce and you have lent your daughter or your son and their spouse money, then legally when they get divorced, that person is going to get half of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unless that's your intentions and you're okay with that, which a lot of people say, well, you know, that's not what I want. It was my money. I lent it to him. I want it back. Right. So you need to see an attorney and you need to have that, you know, I don't want to give you legal advice. That's what Jerry does. But, <coughs> but you really need to do that if that's, unless you don't care. Yeah. It's hard to think in the negative, and that's well, you see, lawyers are good. You have to think about it's well, very, what it's very look. It's uncomfortable, it's a, it's and it's even uncomfortable for me. Yeah. It's uncomfortable to do things like that. I was saying to somebody not too long ago, a couple of days ago, when I remember when I heard about prenups for the first time, and when did they come out? Like twenty years ago or something? Yeah, yeah. I'm like prenups. Are you kidding me? I would never marry somebody who asked me to <laughs> sign a prenup. They could go so to you know where. Okay, yeah. that is disgusting. I would never do it. And now, you need to do it. And they sue on the prenups too. Oh sure. So absolutely. So it's become a. An, I kind of almost like the old days, like you know, I guess. But it's just not like that now. Uh, and for you know, and and so when you get divorced. You need to make sure that you you if you've given the loan, it goes to your family mm-hmm. unless you choose to do differently. And we will talk about that over the next couple of weeks, a little at a time, because the same thing happens when you leave a home to children, mm-hmm. which we've gone through a bunch of times, but we should still go through it again when you, because most parents leave their real estate, which is their largest investment to their kids, and we'll tell you the pitfalls, the the pluses and the cons and how probably you should do it so you don't have your kids killing each other and and, and fighting. Um, Second marriages and third marriages are big now. So many times people will sell their, both people sell their homes and then they buy a a home together and they pool their money together and of course one dies and the one that's left standing might take all the money and give it to all her family or his family and leave the other one's family out. So you've got to kind of look at that and discuss that before there's a problem and figure, look, you know, if we're both kicking in money, then we, when if one of us dies first, I want to make sure my family gets my half. Right. Or maybe mm-hmm. you're kicking in all the money and you, don't, and you feel that you don't want the other person to get half the money. So and the, and I guess the key to these are sensitive things and they're sometimes uncomfortable but you need to talk about them when you're not well before you have a problem. They're things that you need to talk about and I hate to say that marriage and if you're owning a home with somebody else whether it's a spouse, whether it's a partner, it's a business in a way, no? Would you oh, say? Oh sure. It? Yeah. It's a, it's a big investment too. And it's a big yeah. investment and you take a little time. See, I don't think they did that years ago. No, no. But, you know, it's good advice. And I always tell people, listen, hopefully in 20 or 30 years when you celebrate your 30th anniversary, 
take out a bottle of champagne and maybe you tear up this prenup and that'll be nice. But it's always a hard conversation, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, a hard it's, conversation. It's yeah. We're going to, you know, and, and throughout this year, before the summer, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those conversations and the conversations you have with your parents about what they should do with their money when they're getting older rather than just leave it sitting. They're always difficult conversations, mm-hmm. but we'll try to... We'll try to wean you through how to do it gracefully and without too much problem. But if you don't do it, it really can cause you a lot of headaches and nightmares. Mm-hmm. Scotty, sing this Irish song with me. Come on. Let's, oh, Jerry. Let's give the listeners I, a treat here. <laughs> try, Jerry. The, the listeners will never tune in again. Give them a little I'll problem. tell you what. Yeah. I mean, I'll, that, I'll, I'll, I'll save my song. voice. When, when you, you know, I'll, just, I'll just get somebody else to sing, and I'll, I'll come on the air, and I'll say, by the way, everyone, did you know I have a great voice? And here it is. No, I don't want anyone to hang up. Listen, everyone. Forget about Italian. Have a safe, healthy, fun St. <laughs> Patty's Day. And when don't you drink get, and if drive. You get to, don't drink and drive, and if you get too wasted, just go sit in the bar somewhere. Yeah. Okay? Enjoy the day. It's beautiful. And go see the parade if you get a chance. Yes. Be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.